Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Zoe Hobbs, the fastest woman over 100 metres in Oceania, we hear her secret of success. And welcome to the podium, New Zealand Sail GP skipper, Olympic gold medalist, America's Cup winner, Peter Burling. You're sailing in New Zealand waters this weekend. Yeah, it's incredibly exciting to be heading down to Christchurch and feels like a long time coming. Oh, it's such a beautiful spot. Did you know finding a new All Blacks coach is like running a political campaign for the candidates? And Peter, do you know the difference between a Bondspiel and a Biter? Uh, to be honest, I do not. But hopefully I'll find out. Well, thankfully, we have New Zealand women's curling skip Jessica Smith giving us the lowdown before their first ever World Championship bid. Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. Sports news, but not as you know it, from Stuff. Zoe Hobbs is the official queen of speed on the track, running an exhilarating 10.97 seconds in the 100-metre final at the Sydney Track Classic a few days ago, the fastest ever time on Australian soil. It's the first time ever a New Zealand woman has gone sub-11 seconds, setting a new Oceania record. Her time would have cemented a place in the Olympic final and a Commonwealth Games gold medal. The 25-year-old is competing in the Sir Graham Douglas International tonight, Thursday in White. Well, Zoe, welcome to the podium. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. 10.97. Can you go any faster? (laughs) I really hope so. That's part of the plan, but it's a great start to the season for sure. Incredible. This was your third race of the season. You've got another big one uh, Thursday night. How big a deal is it to crack that 11 second mark? It's a pretty big deal in the athletics world and like just to consider that it's the first time in Oceania that an athlete's run sub-11 and to be part of that history um, is pretty insane and pretty incredible start that as I'm sure many other females are going to come through and to do the same. What's going through your head as you're standing on the starting blocks and then the gun fires and off you go and then in 10.9 seconds you're crossing the finish line. What is going through your head? Talk us through your race. Yes. When I was on that line, I was just really wanting to, wanting to compose myself. Obviously, there was a lot of hype after the Nationals and a little bit of expectation to run sub-11. So what worked really well for me going into the Nationals was being super relaxed and having no expectations. So it was a completely different game going into that Sydney race. And so I just wanted to reframe it and just go out there and have fun and be as relaxed as possible. So I just tried to relax as much as possible before the line. Um, I was quite nervous that day leading in. So I knew if I was relaxed, getting down into that block sitting, then that was really going to help. And so I was just thinking about the one thing I wanted to execute in the race and putting together a sound technical race. And I think I'd started to tighten up towards the end because I thought um, the girls might start to catch up. But yeah, I mean, that's a definite area to work on, um, reflecting after there. And it makes it exciting for, for all the races that are to come throughout the rest of the year. 
Well, I mean, you absolutely smoked them. There was like pretty much no competition. Uh, and and it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. It just, it gave me chills watching it. And um, it was just such a magnificent performance. And you're absolutely on fire. But you also made it look super easy, which I know it's not. So what small changes have you made that's made such a huge difference? Yeah, so it probably, like one of the technical things I was working on was just running at ease. Usually, if you start to tighten up, then I'll I'll not let myself flow, and so that's been a big reflection after last season is trying not to tense up. And I think that's what I started to do a little bit in the last maybe ten twenty meters of the race, just with the fear of the rest of them catching up. When you let yourself just run free, then you actually run better. And it's interesting as well because we looked at the data from the heat, just going back to the national champs the week prior, and I wasn't trying as hard in the heat yet my last 50 was faster than the last 50 of the final where I was actually trying so it just shows how much relaxing can actually do. We're five months out from the world champs in Budapest how do you time your peak just right? Ideally we would work towards peaking at the world champs Um, another big priority for me this year is qualifying for the Olympics and so I want to head over at the start of that qualifying window to maximize my opportunity to try and hit that qualifying time um, so that opens first of July so really going to try and hit hit that standard quite early on and then I just it just takes the weight off your shoulders and you don't have to um, continually chase times which can become quite stressful. What is the qualifying time for the Olympics? Qualifying time is 11.07. Easy! You got this. Um, do you do you feel vindicated? Speaking of the Olympics, do you feel vindicated after the New Zealand Olympic Committee didn't think you'd make it to top sixteen at twenty twenty one Tokyo Olympics and didn't select you? Um, to be fair, like just to reclarify that whole situation, the way you qualify in athletics can either be by standard or by ranking, and so I had met the world athletics qualification by ranking, not by time. But yeah, it does feel really, really cool being in this position now and knowing that I certainly am capable of top 16 and especially after the last two weekends of of racing and it's nice to be in that position and very exciting a year before the Paris Games. You are the fastest woman in New Zealand history. Everyone is talking about women's athletics because of you. Oh, that's so cool. And I love to, I'd love to see more females taking part in sport and really elevating sport in Aotearoa for females and especially sprinting as well because it's not been a traditional sport. It, was, it wasn't a traditional sport for me growing up, but yeah, I would love to see more females taking part in sprinting too. Zoe Hobbs, the fastest woman in Oceania. Thanks so much, Zoe, and best of luck. High speed, high tech and high drama. The Snail GP racing competition is out on the water in Ōtatahi Christchurch this weekend as New Zealand tries to secure a top three spot, which will put them into the winner's take-all final. To tell us all about what's at stake is Sail GP New Zealand skipper Peter Burling. Hello. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Peter, for those who have never experienced Sail GP before, how would you describe it? Yeah, it's um, really awesome racing. It's uh, really fun. The boats look relatively similar to what we race the America's Cup in in Bermuda, so the 50-foot foiling catamarans with wing sails. But you know the big difference here is we're fleet racing, so there's nine boats on the start line, so it makes for a you know, whole, whole heap of action out there. You know, we're definitely uh, incredibly even between all the boats, so it's just about who goes out and has the best race, super close to shore, adrenaline-filled, and uh, makes for uh, some awesome fun competing in it. 
Yeah, so with America's Cup, oh, that last America's Cup, by the way, my goodness, I had no nails by the end of that competition. But in the America's <laughs> Cup, it's just two boats back and forth, isn't it? But in Sail GP, nine. So that makes that must make the competition even better. Yeah, well, um, I don't know, probably like the, the curling and, and the intro, you know, obviously in sailing, there's a whole heap of um, idiosyncrasies between the, the different disciplines of the sport. You know, obviously, America's Cup is uh, what we'd call a match race, where there's uh, two boats. But yeah, SLGP is a fleet race, so that's um, you know a lot more like uh, how myself and Blair actually competed in our Olympic classes for those medals as well. So, you know, that means um, you know there's more than two boats on the start line, so nine boats on the start line in this case, and you know, everyone's in what we call equal equipment. So it's all produced by the same manufacturer and all identical within a very small tolerance. So it really does come down to to the sailors on board and. You know, putting the boat in the right place and you know, getting around the around the racetrack uh, nice and clean and, and in good shape. Well, you're currently second on the points table trailing Australia, uh, but France and Emirates, Great Britain, are close in your wake. Will you have a home advantage sailing into Littleton Harbour where you go straight out the gates and take a few risks? I mean, I hope we'll have a little uh, <laughs> bit of advantage. Um, it's actually been a little while since I sailed down there last, but you know, I've definitely got some pretty fond memories of um, sailing down there when I was a little bit younger. But... Uh, yeah, I think the nice thing for us is just not having to, to travel very far. You know, the circuit uh, goes all around the world and you know, that's definitely meant a lot of lot of times away from home. But you now it's incredibly exciting to be bringing this event to, to home waters and to be seeing so many friends and family around and you know, really getting to, to show New Zealand um, you know, what it's all about. So how many races are there over the two days and how many of them, you know, where do you have to finish to be able to make it into the top three to make it into the final? You know, essentially every weekend's about making sure you make it to the, the top three in that event and then trying to win the, the final race to, to win the, the overall event. So this is obviously the second to last event of the season. Um, you know, our next stop after this is in San Francisco for the, the season finals and you know, at that stage it's actually comes down to the top three for the season going to the shootout to, to win the season championship. So you know, that means uh you know, these next two events are incredibly important to, to make sure we get it through to that. Sail GP competition is also different in the fact that it encompasses a commitment to ocean conservation. Why are those two tied together? Yeah, so it's probably slightly different. Um, so Sail GP is the, I suppose, first league in the world where we have a, a race within the race, which is, um, as we'd call it, the the Impact League, which is really, I suppose, your impact you've had at, at every event, um, both positively and negatively. Um, so it's you know reducing your waste, reducing your footprint, but then also like what you've actually managed to do with the the platform of of that sport. Yeah, we're really proud to to be leading that league at the moment, and every team as part of that has a a charity partner. So yeah, our team's uh, obviously partnered with myself and Blair's charity Live Ocean, which is really about getting people to understand how much the the marine environment does for us in our day to day lives and how it um, goes, I suppose, unseen <laughs> and is really the, the unsung hero in, in so many ways, you know, absorbing 90% of the heat, you know, producing over half the oxygen. And it's really something that we should uh, care about a whole bit, whole bit more than we do. Back to racing. What will fans be able to see this weekend? Do we have to be out on a boat? Can we stand at the village? Will we see the action from the shore? There's an uh, incredible village. Um, I think that's one of the really cool things about Littleton is it's such a natural amphitheatre with... Yeah, you know, deep water right up to the shore. Peter Burling, always wonderful having you on the show. Please come back and see us again soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it. 
talk about who will be the next All Blacks coach is proving to be a constant feature in rugby chatter, but what exactly does the whole process entail and who's involved in making the selection? Stuff senior sports journalist Paul Cully joins us to unpick it all. Paul, let's start with the application. Does a coach just fill in a form saying, I'm great, please give me the job? Um, it's uh, actually by TikTok these days. So <laughs> Scott Robertson's obviously favoured in that space. Um, it's it's probably a lot more boring than people um, realise. You know that it's a culmination of years of conversations with various people and seeing where they are and timing's very important. And obviously, um, the two names have been mentioned: Scott Robertson, Jamie Joseph. Highly credentialed, um, both very strong candidates, very different candidates. Um, but you know they don't they don't really need to prove anything in terms of what they have achieved in 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 the game. I said in my intro that it's like running a political campaign because it's not just about the head coach; it's about the team that they bring in, right? So they'll be going out talking to other coaches. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the team's very important, and I think it's I think it's an element in the timing. Um, if you look at, say, Scott Robertson's team, potentially could impact the Hurricanes, uh, the Blues, and of course, as well as the Crusaders in terms of their next head coach. Um, can all those coaches wait until after the Rugby World Cup um, before making a decision? Probably not. They've got other offers in front of them. Uh, so that's a factor. And, and, and then as far as Jamie Joseph is concerned, he brings Tony Brown. And uh, that is a massive part of his application, I feel. Oh, and so who's in charge of hiring them? Is there a panel? Are the players involved? There'll be a, there'll be a panel, uh, three or four from New Zealand Rugby, maybe a couple on the exec, a couple on the board, and a couple of independents as well. I know, I know Ma Nonu's name has been thrown out there. I, I really feel the key personnel in this are Chief Executive Mark Robinson and obviously the, the board. But if you think about Mark Robinson, um he has to have a good working relationship with the incoming All Blacks coach. I'm not sure that exists at present, but he has to be able to work with whoever comes in. They're allowed to have blazing rows, of course they are, but I mean they've got to be fundamentally aligned. And without that, I think um, you know you'll see problems ahead. And do we have a date for an announcement on when we might know who the next coach and coaching team will be? Not a date. I mean, I think they're um, probably quite uh, rightly wary of creating a, a circus where you've got TV cameras camped outside um, using rugby headquarters. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was mentioned as four to six weeks. I'd expect it to be after the next board uh, board uh, meeting. So maybe maybe sometime in April. Um, they have tried to keep it relatively low key. I think a point that does need to be made hasn't been made is that. One of the candidates is currently under contract uh, to another national union, Japan, with whom New Zealand Rugby is trying to foster good relations at the minute. That's clearly a factor in them trying to keep it quiet, but keeping quiet creates a vacuum. And of course, us in the media, plus Ian Foster and Scott Robertson, have filled that vacuum. <laughs> and who's your pick? Come on. I think it'll be, I know people will accuse me of being biased because I live in Dunedin, but I, I think if your criteria is, well, we want a guy who's left New Zealand, challenged himself, put himself under pressure, coached internationally. If you're looking at that criteria, there's only one person really. It's 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 Jamie Joseph. But of course, you know, Scott Robinson's an excellent candidate as well. 
Well, interesting times. Paul, before I let you go, are you superstitious when it comes to rugby? Um, strangely not. I'm probably the least superstitious person ever to come out of Ireland, so no. <laughs> well, uh, new research out from time to play has found 15% of Kiwi rugby fans are superstitious. Hurricanes fans are the most superstitious and Highlanders are the least superstitious. I must admit, I'm slightly superstitious. I wore my Black Ferns rugby jersey throughout the Rugby World Cup and they, they didn't lose. Well, there you go. That's You clearly have a share in that trophy. <laughs> Paul Cully, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Zoe. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Here's what else is making headlines. The Black Caps are back in action Friday for the final test of the summer at the Basin Reserve against Sri Lanka. Will it be another close one after this week's nail-biting last ball finish? Can the Phoenix women make it two wins in a row? They're back for their second-to-last home game on Saturday at Sky Stadium. Super Rugby Opeki heads into the semi-finals with Matatu playing the Blues women. And last year's winners, Chiefs Manawa, face the Hurricanes Poa at North Harbour Stadium on Saturday. And speaking of women's rugby, Irish rugby have listened to the female players and have switched out the traditional white shorts for blue to help curb period anxiety. Nice. Do you know the difference between a bonspiel and a biter? Their curling terms and something well known to skipper the New Zealand women's curling team who've just made it to their first ever world championships in Sweden starting this week. Jessica Smith, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. How, yeah. <laughs> um, how would you explain curling to a newbie? I'd probably say it's a bit like bowls on ice. So if you know what bowls is, they're basically just have a sheet of ice underneath you and it's it's fairly similar yeah <laughs> and so you push stones down yes. the ice rink yes you kick out of this wee thing called a hat and you just slide along the ice and then let the stone go hope it makes it down the other end <laughs> it sounds incredibly genteel but it's not isn't it they smash and crash and fly and it's quite exciting isn't it yeah, you can get quite a bit of weight behind it and move a bit of granite, as they call it. <laughs> move a bit of granite. Love it. So coming into the World Champs, how does New Zealand rate? We're probably classed as a bit of like the underdogs. We've never been to a World Women's Curling Championship before. Those big top teams have never played us before. Well, apart from at the Pan Continentals, we had games against them, but that was like our first time playing those teams. No one really knows what to expect from us. <laughs> who are the Who are the top teams? Who are going to be the biggest challenges? Um, I probably would say Sweden, Canada, Scotland, pretty much everyone, because like the everyone that's going is the best in the world. So. <laughs> They're all going to be tough games, I think. Well, you're there, so that makes you one of the best in the world as well. You've had to fundraise to get there, haven't you? This is all self-funded, isn't it? Yes. We have sold pies. We have run a ladies' night and um, taught some ladies how to play curling and sold a lot of raffles. 
we've done a lot of things. It is very time consuming. <laughs> yeah, how heavy is are the stones? Uh, the stones are 20 kgs each, so they're quite heavy. We don't often pick them up, though, just slide them around. <laughs> do you have to do some gym training, weight training, to be able to handle them? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a bit of um, weight training in the gym. Also for fitness as well with the sweeping. Yeah, people go, do you have to get fit for curling? And <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Jessica Smith, best of luck for the uh, Curling World Championships. It's been a pleasure having you on the podium. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> And that's it for the podium this week. I'm Zoe Georgian on behalf of our guests, producer Philippa Tolley and audio editor Connor Scott. Thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now. What's your sporty superstition? Let us know via email, thepodium at stuff.co.nz. We'll see you next week. Until then, ka kete anō, go well. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>